0: Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 18th Sunday after Trinity, October 3rd. Now, outside the church, we are well into the swing of a new school year, and harvest time is upon us. Inside the church, We are nearing the last weeks of the church year, which we'll hear in the matin service in a bit. But before that, I wanted to direct your attention to a document called the Congregation at Prayer, which is also linked with this podcast. Now, for about a month between August and September, we didn't release the Congregation at Prayer, but last week we brought it back for this school year. And now it will be released every week. And I'm hoping to put out a podcast explaining how to use the Congregation at Prayer and maybe, maybe that podcast will happen next month. But for now, I want to draw your attention to the top of last week's Congregation at Prayer, which is linked in last week's podcast, and this week's Congregation at Prayer. And at the top of the front page is a box which says, Divine Service Catechesis. Throughout the next 12 months, that's what this box will have in it, Catechesis on the Divine Service, uh, which will have snippets from a book called An Explanation of the Common Service. And this book, which was published over 100 years ago in 1908, teaches and explains what we do in church, not in the podcast, but in church every Sunday. And so I'll try to touch base on on that, this this Divine Service Catechesis, at the beginning of each podcast. Now, whenever you discuss or teach about Christian worship, the Divine Service, you start out by defining what worship is. And that's what the introduction of this book does. It's what started last week and what's going to continue this week and the next couple of weeks ahead. It's going to be this introduction about what Divine Service is. And so when we look at the true worship of God, not false worship, but a true worship of God, we see that it is communion with God in accord with his revelation of himself to us. So in true worship, we go to church on Sunday morning to receive all that God has promised to give us. And in those acts where God gives us what he promises, we call those sacramental acts acts. They're the parts of the worship service, parts of the divine service where God speaks or comes to us. So this would be in our divine service called confession and absolution, the absolution part at the beginning of the service. It includes the scripture readings, that's God giving us his word, and also the sermon, uh, the Lord's Supper, God gives us his son's body and blood, And this would also include the blessings given out throughout the service, the benedictions. Now, in the service, we respond to these sacramental acts of God. We respond in the Spirit. It's the Spirit that allows us to respond in what is called sacrificial acts. Now, these are acts of service from us to God. It is us speaking to Him. And what we speak to Him is what we is what is due to him in service. The sacramental acts are where we receive our salvation. The sacrificial acts is our response to God's salvation. They alone do, they themselves, they don't save us. The sacramental acts of God do. And the sacrificial acts where we respond to God's salvation include the confession of sins, all the prayers throughout the service, all the hymns, when we confess the Nicene or Apostles' Creed, and our offerings. And if you're in in the service, in person, usually there's a way you can tell the difference during the service if you're not sure. If the pastor is performing a sacramental act, if there's a sacramental act where God speaks through the pastor to the people, the pastor usually faces the congregation. If the pastor is performing a sacrificial act where he speaks on behalf of the people to God, then he will face the altar as if he were leading the people. And so that's our introduction to the Divine Service Catechesis, which you'll find each week in the Congregation at Prayer. Now with that, let's go ahead and turn to our matin service and the hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. Thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The True God, One in Three and Three in One.
1: Of all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. Sea is his, and he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is a God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, shall be world Amen.
0: The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship Him. Give testimony unto those that thou hast possessed from the beginning, and raise up prophets that have been in thy name. O Lord, hear the prayer of thy servants according to the blessing of Aaron over thy people. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good." Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Give testimony unto those that thou hast possessed from the beginning, and raise up prophets that have been in thy name. O Lord, hear the prayer of thy servants, according to the blessing of Aaron over thy people. The Old Testament lesson for this 18th Sunday after Trinity is written in the 10th chapter of Deuteronomy, beginning at the 12th verse. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? to keep the Lord's commandments and statutes, which I command you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven, the heaven of heavens, and the earth, with all that is therein. Only the Lord had a delight in your fathers to love them, and he chose their offspring after them, even you above all peoples, as it is today." Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. For the Lord your God, he is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty, and the awesome, who doesn't respect persons or take bribes. He executes justice for the fatherless and widow, and loves the foreigner in giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the foreigner." as you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, you shall cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He is your praise, and he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. The epistle is written in the first chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God which is at Corinth, Those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints, with all who call the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus that in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you until the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The Pharisees when they heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. A second likewise is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, Of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to answer him a word. Neither did any man dare ask him any more questions from that day forward. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel text begins this morning when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? In this gospel text, we're in Holy Week with Jesus teaching in Jerusalem, most likely in the temple. The Sadducees, those Jews who didn't believe in the resurrection of the body, had already tried to trick Jesus and were muzzled by him. You see, the religious leaders despised Jesus, but the crowds loved listening to him teach. And so far, all efforts to shut him up had failed. So the Pharisees gathered together and devise a plan. They pick a lawyer out of their midst that knew the law frontwards and backwards, who had studied the law his entire life. And they convince this lawyer to ask Jesus a question that will test him, tempt him, and try to trip him up. Because if they can show that Jesus doesn't know the law, then they can prove that he is not a prophet and certainly not the Christ. And so this lawyer stands up and asks this question. Teacher, Which is the great commandment of the law? Now this indeed is a tricky question. After all, there are ten commandments. Which one are we to see as the most important? And besides the commandments, there is the ceremonial law of the Old Testament about how Israel was supposed to worship. And there is also the civil law, which told Israel how they were to live together. But now, for you who have been well-catechized you're probably jumping out of your chair right now thinking you have the right answer. It's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Because in catechesis, that's what we're taught, isn't it? That the first commandment is the head, the chief of all the commandments. We know it today just like these Pharisees this lawyer knew it back then. This is also how Christ seems to answer, saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, says Jesus. And really, what Jesus says is a summary of the first three commandments. Jesus is saying nothing other than what the first commandment is saying, and that the first commandment is the greatest. And yet, this was the lawyer's trick. This is his test. It is the right answer, but it's not a complete answer. And when he heard this, the lawyer must have thought even just for a second that he had Jesus right where he wanted him. But before the lawyer could jump up and claim victory, Jesus goes on saying, And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Because you see, there are two parts of the law. Loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. But they're not different. They're two sides of the same coin. If you love God, you will also love your neighbor whom God created and put in your life. That Jesus is right in saying this shows in that neither the lawyer nor the Pharisees argue back. So Jesus shows that he knew the law just as well as this lawyer and all the Pharisees. He wasn't tripped up. And the Pharisees, by showing off how well they knew the law, showed also what they thought about the law. Since they knew the law so well, they knew the two things required in it and by knowing what the law required they thought they knew the way to god to heaven to glory first they thought they could love the lord their god with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their mind they thought they could reach their own perfection and glory by doing this and so they did not think and so they didn't think they had any sin of which they needed to repent And then second, hand in hand with that, the different side of the coin, they thought they could love their neighbors as themselves. Because if they thought they could love perfectly, love God perfectly, then of course they thought they could love their neighbor perfectly as well. Especially if they thought they were reaching this divine glory while others stood beneath them in sin. But you see, this is the trick of our flesh. The flesh which also tricked this lawyer and these Pharisees. Now, many here would probably be able to say the Ten Commandments from memory. And if not, you probably know where to look for it in the hymnal or your Bible or online. And as you look them over, notice how easy it is for our flesh to look at the Ten Commandments and say, Yeah, I've done that. I've worshipped only God. I haven't worshipped to some carven image. I've honored my parents. I haven't stolen anything this week. I've been a good person. That's what our flesh wants to do, like this lawyer. Because knowing the law, we're tempted to relax the commandments. We think we've worshiped God. But have we truly feared love and trusted him above all things? Did you listen to the word of God every day this week? Did you take time out of every day to hear God's word? Did you pray to him every day with reverence, or was it kind of loosey-goosey like he's your BFF? That is, if you prayed at all this week. Did you trust him above all, or have you been anxious about your bank account or your health, especially as you watch the news? You think you've loved your neighbor as yourself. But adults, when's the last time you called your parents and made sure all their physical needs were being met? Or children, how often did you dishonor your parents by arguing with them this week, thinking that you knew more than them? Did you waste time on the clock when you were at work? Were you doing nothing while getting paid for it? Have you been happy with the blessings God has provided your neighbor? Or have you secretly despised your neighbor? for the blessings that he has that you don't have, like a house, car, and so on. You see, read the scriptures with your small catechism, and it will become apparent that while our flesh wants to trick Jesus on the law, the truth is our flesh tricks us, making us think that we can do the law and earn our own glory, our own righteousness. But really, that's nothing more than fool's gold and filthiness before God. Because when we attempt to do the law for our own glory, we don't do it out of love for God, but out of love for ourselves. Not expecting or wanting anything from Him, thinking that we can do it all. We don't do the law because we love our neighbors as ourselves, as someone whom God created and put in our lives but because we see our neighbors as nothing but stepping stones for our greater glory. And so it goes when we think that we can earn our own glory under the law. We, like the lawyer, we know the law. If you don't, I can catechize you on it, so that we know it inside and out. But that doesn't mean we can do it. We can't. Instead, it shows, it shows us that we fall short of the glory of God. Now, after Jesus answers the Pharisees' question, he then asked them a question of his own, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Now, the lawyers in our flesh, we know the law. It's written into creation. It's written into our hearts. But this question of Jesus's, It doesn't make as much sense, does it? Not as much sense as the lawyer's question. What does Jesus' question have to do about anything? Well, here's what it shows us. It shows us that these Pharisees, like our flesh, understand the law. But these Pharisees, like our flesh, know nothing about the gospel. You see, Jesus is doing nothing but quoting scripture here. Go read 2 Samuel chapter 7, and there you will see God promising to David that his son will be the Christ. And here, Christ also quotes David prophesying that his son is his Lord. It's the same scriptures from which the Pharisees learn about the law, but in their silence, they show they know nothing about the gospel that is in the same scriptures. Because to know anything about the gospel, We must first be honest about the law, that we have fallen short of the glory of God, that we deserve God's temporal and eternal punishment, that our only hope is in his grace and mercy that the law points us toward. The only way one can understand how David can call his son Lord, the only way we can understand this, is in repentance. Christ asks, If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Well, here's how. Our Lord came down from heaven to earth to be conceived of the Holy Spirit and to be born of the Virgin Mary, the daughter of David, where the Son of God took and began to be templed in the flesh of David through Mary, sent in all humility to this lowly virgin by the Father, who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to take our sins take our sins to himself, to the cross, and there be crucified in our stead and die in our place. Our Lord asks, if then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Here's how. On the third day, Christ rose again in glory, triumphant over sin, death, and the devil, justifying you and me before God the Father in heaven. And 40 days later, he ascended into heaven, where the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Here's how. United to us in the flesh, Christ was also baptized with us, such that in baptism we are baptized into his crucified flesh, where Christ takes our sin and becomes sin for us, and where we put on the flesh of Christ being clothed in his glory and righteousness such that baptized we now hear his word about our sin and how he has forgiven us of all sin and made us clean such that baptized into his church we are invited to partake of the flesh and blood of Christ the son of david and the son of god such that like david christ such that like he did for david christ creates in us Faith, faith which he nourishes with his word and feeds and strengthens with his body and blood. As the, son of, as the son of David and the son of God, he is the architect of David's faith and ours. Such that on our own, we cannot love God or neighbor. We can only love ourselves. But in the gospel, where Christ loved us first, he fulfills this law and gives it to us fulfilled He gives us his righteousness and glory so that now, having been loved by God first, we can now love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our might. And being loved by God first, we can now love our neighbors as ourselves as Christ loved us. Because in faith, Christ has given us everything. And having been given everything, Now we can love God and neighbor selflessly without expecting anything in return, just as Christ loved us selflessly to the point of death on the cross. We can love our neighbor in Christian duty because Christ loves us and loves them. And because he has given us everything, we can love God and love neighbor as well. The Pharisees... They were unable to answer Christ a word to the point that they were unable to ask him any more questions, but for us repentant sinners, it's not like that when Christ asks us, "If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son?" We can answer we simply answer by saying, "I believe in God the Father in heaven we simpler, we simply answer by praying our father who art in heaven unlike the pharisees in the faith we know not just the law we also know the gospel because as our faith clings to our crucified lord we know that just as he rules at the right hand of the father we too will we too will one day reign with him in the new heavens and the new earth after the resurrection where we will, for eternity, alongside David, worship his Lord and ours. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: at the right place.
0: Have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto Thee. O God, for as much as without You we are not able to please You, mercifully grant that Your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, Your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world." Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty." May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. But out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, And from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise him and magnify him forever. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm, And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this Matins podcast, and please do join us next week for another Matins service celebrating the 19th Sunday after Trinity, where we'll hear from Matthew 9, verses 1 to 8. All hymn music for this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.